If you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And our key text is going to be verse 18. I'll read that and then we'll back up and look at some uh, some more things. I'm preaching on the unseen realm. And it's something that's, uh, that I was inspired by the Lord uh, a couple days ago while I was praying about this service. Again, 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not... Everybody say not. Not. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me ask you a question. Um, which within would be the most valuable? Would be the eternal things, right? The unseen realm is the most valuable realm. Because, uh, you know, I, I know that if you've ever sat through a wedding ceremony, oftentimes the wording to the wedding ceremony is when they get to the ring exchange part, something will be said about gold and uh, that gold is usually chosen some form of gold. Now they're using everything, you know, for wedding bands, but used to be in the old days it was gold. And something was mentioned about gold. It said gold is chosen because it's the, it's, uh, the most long-lasting. You know, they, they can find gold bars from a Spanish galleon that's been uh, under the sea for hundreds of years, and the the bars are are intact and 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 not rusted, and there's no uh, disintegration, and so gold has a, a value not only because of how rare it is, but also how long lasting that it is. Amen. So uh, we put such a value on what we can see, or what we can feel. In other words, the five senses, what we understand through our five senses, oftentimes we put such a premium on that. But really it's the eternal unseen things that have the real value. Amen. And so I, I think that something that we need to, to see, and I can tell by listening to, I, I'm around Christians all the time and preachers even, and I can tell by the way people talk if they understand this. Um, You'd be surprised at how worldly the church is. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about from an from an from an old school point of view on worldliness. You know, we used to think that uh, a hairstyle could be worldly, or a style of dress could be worldly, an externalistic kind of thing. And there may be some truth to that in certain folks, but uh, that's not really the problem that we have with worldliness. Worldliness means that we think like the world, talk like the world and respond like the world to problems as opposed to thinking like the Word. Amen? And so we need to, to be Word people, not world people. If you get what I'm saying about that. Amen? So worldliness really has very little to do with what we can see and more of our attitude and our mind and, and our confession. Praise the Lord. And so we need to uh, check up on that. What I'm saying is, I'm around a lot of Christians sometimes and they talk just like the world. When problems come, they have these little cliches and little statements that they make that you could just get off of Reader's Digest or somewhere. Or maybe, uh, you know, the newspaper, they'll have a little space they need to fill and they'll put a quote. 
fought for the day. And, you know, some of that is okay, but a lot of times it takes us over. And if it's against what the Word of God says, then we need to look at it as worldliness and really as something evil, something to be avoided. Amen? Uh, things like people will say, well, sometimes things get worse before they get better. See, no person of the Word should be saying something like that. It's superstitious. It's, it's really devilish. In its, in its, in its thought and say, well, oftentimes that's the case. Well, let's just go around calling those things that, that be not as though they're not. <laughs> no, we want to call those things that be not as though they were. And we want to speak in line with the Word of God. And if we have two circumstances, one or two reports, one from the Word and one from the world, we want to be reciting the report of the Lord, not the report of the world. You know, Joshua and Caleb is a great example of, of, uh, of, of two reports. Amen. They went and spied out the land. Remember, God told them, this is the land. It's yours. It's got your name on it. As far as I'm concerned, it's yours. I'm giving it to you. Now go and possess it. Well, oftentimes when you're going to possess the land, you run into giants and Anaks and children of the Anaks. And I've always made a joke about the children of the Anaks. I said, you know, the Anaks were bad enough. Their children were worse. If you've ever met really wild people, uh, bad people, oftentimes their children are worse. They're not bringing those kids, are they? You know, kind of thing. So uh, they were not only afraid of the Anaks, but they were afraid of the children of the Anaks. So God help us, not those kids. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, there was an evil report. The Bible doesn't call it the Nax. Now, in the, in, the, uh, in the terms of the faith movement, we got to where we tried to make it more politically correct by calling the evil report the natural report. People would say, well, now in the natural, this is what's happening. But the Bible doesn't use the word natural. It says evil report. It's an evil report. They, the spies brought up an evil report. And so if the report is opposite what the Word of God says, then you need to look at it as not just the natural report, but the evil report. And so if, uh, if there's two truths that are battling, one of them's gotta be a lie. Amen? Yeah. So we're gonna always say what the Word of God says. I had a, a preacher, actually a Church of God preacher, who said to me one time, said, you faith people, of course, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I am, to be honest. You know, I'm just a gospel preacher and a Bible man, so yeah. put whatever label you want. But he said, well, you faith people, and then he named a couple of faith preachers that he didn't particularly like. He said, you faith people, you say, you say something is so just because you say it is. And I said, no, brother, you got that wrong. I said, we say that it's so because God says it's so, because the Word of God says it's so. I'm just agreeing with the Bible. If that makes me a faith nut, then so be it. If that makes me a name it and claim it, then I'll name it and claim it. Like one sister said, don't name it, don't claim it, don't get it either. Hallelujah, you know. So, praise the Lord. Or blab it and grab it. Whatever you want to say. Uh, or rabbit. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we need to, we need to not care about labels, not care about identification so much as just, are we going to be people of the word? Amen. And so really I don't, I don't care much about titles. I'm not ashamed of my heritage. 
uh, you know, Pentecostal or Word of Faith or Charismatic or whatever. I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. Thank God for uh, things that we've learned along the way that builds our foundation. And we'll have enough sense, like Brother Hagin used to say, have as much sense as an old cow. Uh, eat the hay and spit the sticks. Amen. So when the sticks come up, you just spit them out and, you, and you, then you, you, you eat the hay. Well, the Word of God is pure hay. Amen. And you can eat it all and not have to spit any sticks. So if we'll stick with the Bible and uh, leave out the sticks, stick with the Bible and leave out just our opinions, we might have something that we could actually stand on. Well, anyway, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they came back and they said, well, here's the evil report. You know, there's walled cities, there's giants, there's Anax and children of the Anax. And we're grasshoppers in their eyes and we're grasshoppers in our eyes. Therefore, we're grasshoppers. So they ended up with the grasshopper report. And uh, Joshua and Caleb, you notice that they never even addressed the evil report. They didn't say they didn't say something in denial. They didn't say, uh, you know, faith is not equal to denial. Faith doesn't say there's not a problem. Are you listening? Amen. But uh, faith, faith looks at the problem and then speaks the higher report. In fact, you don't really have to even verbally address it. I noticed that about Joshua and Caleb. They didn't rebuke the Anax. They didn't curse the walled cities. They just said... Yeah, but God has told us that we are able to take the land, has given us the land, therefore we are well able. In other words, God's not mean. He wouldn't promise you something that He doesn't give you the ability to possess. Think about that. He wouldn't say to you, here's your healing, and then not give you the ability to possess it. He wouldn't say, here's your provision or your prosperity, and not give you the ability, the power to get that wealth. Amen? So God is, folks, God is not unjust. God is not unfair. God is not a liar. God is not a teaser. He won't tease you with something. God's not putting, uh, you know, like a dog race. He's not putting a rabbit, a metal rabbit up on a, on a thing to go around the track, you know. A track on the track, right? To get the dog to run. The dog the dog doesn't know you will never catch the rabbit if the thing is fixed. But nobody's told the greyhounds that, so they just run until they just pass out nearly. But uh, that's the way that some folks look at the blessings of God, as if God's put a carrot there, and we're almost, always, almost ready. I'll tell you what, I will not preach any disqualifying messages in this church. I'm not going to tell you you disqualify because you don't pray enough and you don't give enough and you never. It's never enough, is it? Never enough anointing. Never enough dedication. Never enough consecration until you consecrate. Until you know your tongue rolls out across the the front of the church and slaps against the wall from consecrating. I think I have answered in my lifetime enough dedication, rededication, re, 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 everything. Re, I have re-upped for Christ more times than necessary, I'm telling you. And, and yet, all it takes is a simple acceptance of what He's done. Amen. Hallelujah. 
did Jesus pay it all if He didn't stop singing it? And if there's no assurance at all of salvation and acceptance by Him, then stop singing Blessed Assurance. And if we're saved by works, then you can't sing Amazing Grace either. Amen. And yet churches will stand and sing all three of those numbers and then get up and preach a disqualifying message. I'm not doing it. Praise the Lord. I'm going to preach that Jesus paid it. Jesus qualified me. I'm in Christ and in Him. In Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I am complete in Him. Praise the Lord. Don't get me started. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. And that kind of preaching is the kind you need to do to yourself. If you ever get up and you feel like a woe is me day, oh Lord, you know, where am I missing it? In the name of Jesus, just shut up. Don't say those words. Don't pray that prayer. Lord, where am I missing it? You're not missing it. You're in Him. And thank Him. It's just as easy to say it is working as it's not working. And sometimes the pain and symptoms that we might be dealing with in an illness or or in a financial tight period or whatever, with some some mornings. I mean, have you ever been like under the gun financially? Uh, not not you know. Life can be challenging in different ways. You're under the gun. And you get up and, you know, I've been there before. <laughs> you know, it's been a, a bit of a, of a while back, but, you know, I've been there where where I've said, Lord, you know, where's the, you got to relieve this pressure off of me. And, uh, and then you'll start thinking, well, you're missing it. And, you know, you missed a dime off your tithe once. And before you know it, you're, you're in condemnation. And you're blaming yourself for your problems. And the devil's laughing at us. Because he's saying, I'm doing all these things to you. And here you are just, uh, you know, blaming yourself. And he'd he'd rather you blame God than blame yourself. Like Jonah. Why did you put me in this fish? And all thy billows and thy waves. And finally he fainted. Says, my soul fainted within me and I remembered the Lord. So all of our praying that we do that's just, uh, you know, a woe is me prayers, we need to, how about just skip that part? Because there's no victory in it. And there's no truth in it. And God doesn't feel sorry for you and say, oh, you're, you feel really bad. Okay, good. I'm going to flick a blessing off the desk of heaven at you. No, praise God. Jesus, again, paid it all. We are in Him. He is in us. We are abiding in the vine. He, He's the vine. We're the branch. The same thing that's in the vines, in the branch. I have the life of God in me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me will prosper. That's what you need to get up in the morning and say. And say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That word day, by the way, means the era or the time, the time, the era of the Lord. Amen. Not just a day today, but it is the day of salvation. It is the time of grace. It is the time of of God's abundant outpouring. Hallelujah. You'll never hear me prophesy that the blessing's just around the corner. That's a lie from the pit. 
There is no blessing around the corner. The blessing is now. The blessings were poured out at Calvary and poured out more on the day of Pentecost. And it's up to us to possess the land. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? God won't dangle something in front of you that you can't get. That would be mean, wouldn't it? That'd be like showing a child a moon pie and then taking away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My 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 son in you know who's in Afghanistan. He uh, he would my my mother would would write you know he he'd want to she'd say well, what do you want you know me to send you in the care package and she was shipping boxes of moon pies to Afghanistan because you know you just gotta have, sometimes you just gotta have a moon pie praise the Lord I don't care if you are fighting on the battlefield. Alright, praise the Lord. Well, I want you to see this again. The only way to get this victory and live in it is to recognize there's always two realms. And so no matter what we're going through negatively in this realm, there's another realm where the victory is. Our faith possesses the land in the unseen realm. In the part you can't see. If you're always looking for the manifestation or the confirmation in this life, you're going to have a hard time really walking in complete victory. I had a friend say to me about Cherie's healing, you know, I think I've told you this before, but I'm telling you, this is the way we live. Um, My friend said, has God given Cherie a word about her healing? And I said, yes, actually. Oh, really? What did he say to her? I said, he said that by Jesus' stripes she was healed. He said, well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the, you know, a special word. I said, you can't get any more special than that, brother. Ask me that in the tabernacle at Why Mama. Can you imagine? I got especially inspired to preach at him a minute. I said, listen, I said, there is no greater word of prophecy than the printed written word of God. You've heard me say this before and you know it's the truth if you've lived long enough to have any challenges in life. Sometimes the only confirmation you have that anything is working is the ink on the paper. (laughs) That sounds pretty cut and dry, but it's the truth, isn't it? But that ink on the paper is not just ink on the paper. This is the inspired Word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar, including myself, if I'm not speaking it. Alright, let's, let's back up here. Now, let's look here at uh, verse 5 in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, 5. I love this. I love Paul. Praise. After I meet Jesus in heaven, Paul's the next guy I want to go talk to and say, thank you for giving me something to preach. Amen. Are you there? Okay. For we preach not ourselves. Don't you love that? Hallelujah. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, 
hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now listen to this. This is Paul's testimony. And I believe we could say it's our testimony often. We are troubled on every side. I, I know that I know some of your stories. I should know. I'm the pastor. I should know something. But I know some of your stories and I know some of your struggles. And some of it I know just because, you know, you've told me or others. And some of it I know by the Spirit and can tell a lot of things. But it's true for every person. There's nobody, folks, that are so fixed up. There's no one that is so fixed up they don't have these challenges. Amen. Sometimes we'll look at somebody and we'll think, my Lord, if I, I could only live their life, if I could only be them, uh, I would be happier. But you know, no, they got their own problems. Amen. They've got thoughts and things that come against them that would freak you out if you could be in their skin. Right. Yeah. And vice versa. So we're all the same. The Bible tells us that there is no temptation that's taken you that's not common to man. Everybody has the same stuff. Like I've said before humorously, somebody will say, Brother brother Horton, I've got uh, this pain in my body and the doctor said this and this, this is the accountant said that and the lawyer said this and I don't know what's wrong. And I'll say, well, sit down. I've got really scary news for you. You know, I don't want you to pass out when I tell you the revelation. Oh, I knew if anybody could help me be you. Yeah, well, praise the Lord. Brace yourself. Here's the bad news. You're alive. <laughs> In other words, dead folks don't have these problems. You know, children are sometimes afraid to go in a cemetery, and I've told them that's the safest place in town. It's the live people you got to watch out for. Not the dead ones. <laughs> they can't hurt you anymore. But in other words, we have these problems. The Bible says the afflictions of the righteous are many and the Lord just helps you bump along. Is that what it says? No, the Lord delivers us from all of them. So no matter what you're going through today, know that it's subject to change. It's temporary. I'm going to read that to you in just a moment. All right, We are troubled on every side. Don't raise your hand. Does anybody feel that some days? Troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. Isn't that something? Wow, this is not, this is not worldly thinking, folks. This is a different level. I just, I'm, I'm determined I'm going to live here. How about you? You going to join me and live there too? We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. See, there's no denial here. Faith is not denial. Faith is not saying there's a, there's a problem. There's not a problem. But we're going to put it in proper perspective. We're going to put it in its place. Troubles. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Hallelujah. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. You got anybody persecuting you? Saying nasty things to you? Well, well, Paul says we are persecuted, but yet we're not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. 
always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You're going to have to get a little spiritual to understand this. We need to be spiritual people. You know, I'm tired of church and sermons getting dumbed down. They say, well, people can't take that. That's exactly what they need. You know, if somebody comes in from working out in the back 40 all day and they're weak and tired and say, well, you, you just need a good steak or something for strength. You don't give a weak person weakened down sustenance. You put some meat and potatoes on that table. Amen? Feed yourself. You feel weak, don't reach out for a weak sermon. Reach out for strength. Anyway, I'm tired of the dumbed down church. The dumbed down church. And dumbed down messages. A watered down little weak have a nice day, Christian Center. Here's a daisy and a lollipop. Things will get better by themselves. How many know that things don't get better by themselves? Amen. We have a warfare that we're involved in, folks. And that doesn't mean, oh shoot, I wish we didn't. Well, okay. But we, you know, I quote Frank all the time now. What it is is what it is. He said that in our, in our uh, council meeting. What it is is what it is. So what it is is what it is, and you just better get used to it and face it and deal with it. Amen? Amen. And you can either deal with it defeated and and cast down, or you could deal with it victoriously. Amen. Amen. So we face life as it is. E.W. Kenyon wrote a little book called Signpost on the Road to Success. Little, little 30 like radio talks. And one of them was facing life as it is. Most people say, well, if I only had this, I could do better. If, I, if only this would not have happened, then I would be further down the road. Well, you know, let's just get on the yellow brick road and go to, you know, wherever. Land of Oz. Alice in Wonderland. La La Land somewhere. Okay, fine. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, is what it is, is what it is. And problems will not just go away by themselves. But you better get your faith, get on your armor, Ephesians 6 armor, amen, put that on and get out there and fight the fight in victory and faith and confidence. Amen. Preach, Brother David. So, he says, uh, we, we which live always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. In our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. Say that. I have the same spirit of faith. What's the spirit of faith? It's a spirit of victory, isn't it? According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We're going to speak out what we believe. Not what it is, not what it looks like, not how it feels. We're going to speak out what we believe. What do we believe? We believe this. We believe verse 14. Knowing, <laughs> not hoping, knowing. We, this is something we know. 
knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace... How much? Abundant grace. That means more than enough, right? Might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. Don't faint. Don't pass out. But through our, though our outward man perish, meaning there's going to be things that come against us. There's going to be attacks. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Praise the Lord. You know, even if you're going through an illness, even if you're going through a... Somebody said, if you're going through hell, just keep on going. Don't stop there. Right. Just keep on going. Anybody ever had hell day? Hell week? Hell month? Hell year? But just keep on going through. Praise the Lord. Say, well, I just feel like I'm in a dark tunnel. Well, just keep moving ahead. Praise God. That thing's got to end. There's light at the end of it. And you'll see the light where it's been so dark. I said where it's been so dark. And have you ever been in darkness where it seemed like there was no light? Where it seems like there was no hope? Where it seems like there was no help? And will this ever end? And then all of a sudden, you just keep praising the Lord. You just keep... You just keep calling those things that be not as though they were. You keep pressing in. And you look and all of a sudden you see just a pinpoint of light. You see just a pinpoint. And you realize that light, there's something bigger behind that. You just keep going towards that. Amen? The inward man is renewed, made fresh and anew day by day. Isn't that wonderful? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment... And see, this isn't the intention of the devil when he attacks you, folks. It's not the intention of the devil for you to get to a place of victory. It's his intention for you to get discouraged, despair, give up, throw in the towel, and quit. That's his goal. But we're going to turn it around for something good. We're going to use that light affliction. Paul calls it... How can Paul use the word light? The light affliction. Man, that, this man's beaten. He's in prison. He's put under all kinds of torments. Falsely accused. Always fighting for not to be executed, I think. And he calls that light affliction. Isn't that something? That's what you need to call your, your thing. Your attack, your sickness, your disease, whatever it is, you need to call it a light affliction. This is light. Why? Which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. So what the devil meant for evil, you're going to turn around for good and work a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not, again, we're back to where we were. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
I struggled as a young man with with uh, understanding faith and how to operate in it. Because I'd hear these messages way back there, the late 70s, early 80s. I'd hear these messages on, you know, if you can see it, you can have it. Typical word of faith teaching. If I can see it by faith, I can claim it. And so, you know, there was a lot of messages about seeing yourself blessed. Seeing yourself healed. Seeing yourself, uh, you know, with your family reunited or whatever it would be. And I remember trying so hard to, to see it. And in some cases, in some things in my life, I couldn't see. And I was afraid. I would get into fear because I think I can't see... I, I can't see myself blessed in this area or that way. And I finally realized the problem. I'm trying to see it in the natural realm. Faith doesn't see in the natural realm. Faith has, has no sight in the natural realm. Faith has sight in the unseen realm. Is this helping you? So, so you need to see yourself, you know, if you're sick, you need to see yourself healed. Well, you're not going to stand in front of the mirror... You know, with your symptoms and be able to see yourself healed. Because all you'll see is symptoms. So you close your eyes and you see yourself healed. You see yourself past the point. Can you say amen? amen. See past it. Praise the Lord. Or see yourself blessed. If you ever had financial need, you ever had material need, maybe you needed a new car or something like that, you just could, you just saw no way. In the natural to get it. I've been there. I've been there before. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Take my word for it. And uh, and yet, and I try to see myself with something new. Or see myself with an improved situation. And I just couldn't see it. Because what would stand in front of me would be the natural report. I knew how much money I had. I knew how much money I was making. I knew what my credit was, good or bad. I understood those things. And so I just couldn't, I couldn't see past it. I couldn't get into the realm of the impossible to come because I'm just stuck. But once I learned about the unseen realm, then my faith began to soar. Praise God. And I can, by faith, remove all the restraints of this world. All the restraints of what you're feeling, what you're sensing with your five senses. All that falls off like chains. Breaks every chain. People say, well, the anointing breaks every chain. Well, it does, but the Word of God really is what you really are after. I've had people say, well, you know, just go from meeting to meeting seeking for the guy with the anointing. But really, the best place to get your answers is you put your nose right in the Word and then just meditate on it. Chew it. Talk to the Lord about it. Say, well, I don't know sometimes what to pray. Oh, good. I've got a whole book here of prayer. Every verse in this Bible is worth praying. Pray it back to God. If you feel troubled, pray this to the Lord. Say, Lord, we are troubled on every side, yet I declare I'm not distressed. Lord, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Lord, we feel persecuted today from what someone said, but we're not forsaken. We're, we're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Hallelujah. 
Just pray that. Pray the Word. Say the Word. Pray the Word. Praise the Word. Shout the Word. Whisper the Word. Chew on it. And it, and then all of a sudden you look around and the natural circumstances have come from behind and caught up with your faith. And go, wow, hey, I can stop praying about that area because it's manifested. Amen. Does that help you at all? Well, I'll tell you what, it helps me. Glory to God, that's where I live. We had a relative recently accuse us of something just awful. Said, you know the problem with y'all is everything's about God and the Bible. That was supposed to be a that was supposed to be an insult. Said the problem with you and she and, and, and Cherie is that everything's about God. Amen. And I said, actually, that's a great compliment, isn't it? God forbid the day when that is not true. Rue the day that's not true. Amen. And because it is. It is about God. My life, uh, the, uh, the rest of it's dead. And dead to me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God. Amen. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Thank you, Jesus. That's how you have victory, no matter how you feel, no matter what you got, what you don't have. People say, well, if my kids are happy, I'm happy. Oh, that's a bad road to get on. Because you can't do anything about it in your happiness on somebody else. You know, they used to have a sign that says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That, that, is, that is really true. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you know, to pin your happiness on anything in this world. I know a person that said one time years ago, Said, well, if I just had a, a new condo to live in, I'd be happy. Well, they got the new condo and they still weren't happy. And then they said, well, if I had to get a new car, same person. If I could get a new car, I'd be happy. Well, they got a new car and they're still crabby. Grouchy and touchy and irritable. Hard to get along with. Finally said, well, if I could get a fur coat. So got a fur coat. Praise the Lord. And they still weren't happy. I think, well, you got a new, new, new condo, new car, fur coat. You ought to be happy. Because you said that would make you happy. Well, that didn't make them happy. And to this day, I'm not sure what it would take to make them happy. So, uh, you know, that's ridiculous, isn't it? But I'll tell you what. There is a great truth to shout while the walls are still up. Like marching around Jericho. Amen. And if you can't learn to shout while the walls are still up, then you know you're just you just have never started on the real life of faith, the real life of victory. So you know you stand there. You know David ran out there. One more illustration, and I'll, I'll, I'll be done. David runs out there to that giant, the the Goliath, and he says, uh, he starts talking to it because the, the 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 giant is talking. To him, remember, taunting him and teasing him and said, 
you're not big enough and you you send a boy out here with sticks and stones and you know sticks and stones may break my bones he shouldn't have said that I've often said he's a very large man with a very tiny brain because he thought that he was just attacking David little 17 year old shepherd boy who was delivering cheese pizzas I'll make it up as I go like one preacher got up and said he's going to preach about the apostles and their wives the epistles gave an altar call and three guys came and got saved on that sorry message but uh, never underestimate the power of the Holy Ghost but uh, anyway, you know, he's out there just to check on the right. His father sent him out there to check on the how the battle's going. He goes out there and everybody's scared. The thing's talking. You know, cancer has a voice. Sickness has a voice. Death has a voice. It's usually attached to phone people. Letter writing people. But all that has a voice, doesn't it? And that thing's talking. And and it's threatening. But you know, David went out there and says, Is there not a cause? And of course, you know, he's going to see what's in it for him. He says, What would be in it for the guy that actually defeats us? Well, you get the king's daughter and you could, you know, you, you could have some money and some place in the kingdom. And oh, okay, there's something in it for me. There's something in it for us when we win. Praise the Lord. And uh, he says, well, I'll tell you what. He says, "Uh, I slew the lion and I slew the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. And uh, the the giant runs towards him. And David doesn't run and hide behind the shield. He says, none of that will work. I'm going to go out there. And he ran towards him. And he said this. As he ran towards the giant, he said, this day... Well, I defeat you. This day, I'm going to take your head off. Why? Because that's the thing doing the talking. That's right. <laughs> oh, a good way to silence a talking mouth is the head off. And so he's, he's, he's talking, cut off the head. And he said, this day, I'm going to feed your carcass to the, to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. And the whole earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And at that point, Goliath should have thought better of it because he should have thought, oh, uh uh-oh, they've got God on their side. But he didn't. He just kept running because the devil's dumb. So he doesn't know when he's whipped. And David defeated that thing. Amen. And and everybody talks about it almost daily. His great victory over that thing. And I'm telling you what, somebody said one time, do you relate to the giant or do you relate to David or do you relate to Saul? Who do you relate to in that story? And most people said, most of us are the, are the children of Israel over on the ridge afraid, you know. But we don't have to be. We can be the David. We don't have to be with the mob over here afraid who's going to do it for us. But we can be the David. Amen. Amen. And run out there Amen. and talk to that thing. You start talking back. When you've got troubles and trials and debt and lack and problems and sickness 
and things and depression and darkness come against you, you need to know that faith has a voice, folks. And you stand up and you talk back to that thing. And you say and you tell it, you're under my feet because I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality, power, and might, and every name that's named. Amen. And don't wait for a feeling to confirm it. If you went by how you felt most days, you'd probably just jump off the bridge in St. Pete. Right? But we don't go by how we feel. We go by the Word of God. Amen. That's my message. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord and thank Him.